Hello and welcome back to the Speak Up Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Lively, and I can't believe we've already made it to the season five finale. 75 amazing episodes. Wow. Thank you all for listening and tuning in throughout this season so far. Well, this week on the season five finale, I am joined with one of my role models and an amazing statistician for MLB.com and MLB Network, Sarah Langs. We will be talking about how she got into this career field, how she has overcome obstacles, 2023 MLB storylines, and much more. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, and share this episode with others. I can't wait for you all to hear our conversation. So thank you all again for tuning in to this season. And without further ado, here is the season five finale and my conversation with Sarah Langs. Well, welcome back to the Speak Up Sports podcast. I'm Anna Lively, and on the season five finale today, I am joined with an amazing statistician for MLB Network and MLB.com, the one and only Sarah Langs. Sarah, thanks for coming on and joining me. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you so much for wearing baseball is that sure I love it I love to see people in it and I'm so overwhelmed so thank you well thank you so much for coming on and I love the baseball is the best shirt amazing phrase by you <laughs> and I'm looking forward to diving into that a little bit deeper later on in the podcast but first I want to talk about like how you sort of got your start into the stats department like what intrigued you about that field and did you know going into the University of Chicago when you went off to college that that's the career you wanted to go into? So I knew since about sixth grade that I wanted to be a sports writer. And I knew I probably wanted to just focus on baseball. I love all sports, but I knew that baseball was really number one for me. And when I interned, at uh, NBC Sports Chicago and SMY when I was in college, I sort of ended up finding that research was something nobody else was doing. So we had to be a writer for the Cubs and for the White Sox and for the Mets and Yankees. But when there were ideas I had that were based on history or stat or something like that, Nobody was doing that. So I sort of unintentionally found myself making those pitches. And that ended up leading to a job with ESPN in the SATS and Info department. But for me, it really goes back even further because I grew up a huge sports fan, just like you. And my parents love sports. And we would talk at the dinner table about different things that happened and we would often ask questions hey I wonder when the last time xyz happened (laughs) this was before everyone had a phone next to them and the ability to just google it while talking and so they were kind of unanswered questions 
And so now I kind of get to answer this question, which is really cool, full circle moment. No, I think it's really neat that it really started from the beginning for you when you were a younger kid, really just loving sports in general, but then going into a field that isn't as well known as you talked about. And like when you didn't have phones, you weren't able to just Google something, but it's such an unique field. I have so much respect. I mean, all your stats I've used so many times already. So, I mean, thank you for that in the first place, but I want to go a little bit back still before we get to what you're doing currently. But after you went to the university of Chicago, you did then some work with like NBC sports, Chicago, then some with ESPN. Um, but then you headed over to MLB.com and MLB Network. But for you, you talked about the aspect that you enjoy writing in general as a journalist. But what is it like juggling researching stats, writing stories, and also being on TV? Um, it's really, really fun. You know, I don't see it as juggling it. I see it as getting to do all of these things. And I never really... Uh, dreamed of being on TV. I mean, it just wasn't even on my path. But as I was growing up, journalists definitely became more of TV people as well. You know, if you go back to the early 2000s, you weren't having beat writers and other writers on TV. But I think places like MLB Network and Baseball Tonight kind of really gaining steam made those figures people who would be on TV as well. So even though it wasn't something that I was specifically seeking out to do, when I first got asked to go on MLB Network to be on the MLB Now show, which is Brian Kenny's show, which is very stat-driven, that's when it kind of clicked of, oh, yeah, this makes sense. I mean, I already talk about baseball a lot on podcasts, so why not go do it on TV as well? But to your point about juggling it all, for me, it all kind of works together. You know, often I will research a sad, which leads to writing a story and then going on TV to talk about that topic. So it's almost like each individual part helps me prepare for the entire uh, entire way I'm covering whatever the topic may be. No, I really like that you talk about first, not not it being like your job, but the opportunity you get to do it, you know, for fun, really, because you love baseball so much, but also how the one aspect of it leads to another aspect. And so I've had a lot of different broadcasters, different people on the podcast, but never a statistician. So I want to ask you, like, can you give the listeners an idea? Like, what does a day of a statistician look like? Like sort of an inside look, if you don't mind. Yeah, I mean, the main thing for me is watching every baseball game. So anyone who is watching this clip, if you see me kind of looking off to the side, it's because we're talking on a Sunday afternoon and games are about to get underway. So I'm keeping an eye on my screen where I have everything up. But that's really the most important part for me. It's just making sure that I'm aware of everything going on. I mean, there's no way I know every individual you know, 
guy with a four-plus game hitting streak, but making sure I'm aware of the biggest storylines and maybe some of the ones that are also flying under the radar. So the biggest thing for me is the work I do during games. So when games are going on, I'm sitting here at Baseball Savant up. I'm on Baseball Reference looking at things looking in box scores and just making sure that I don't miss anything. Mm-hmm. When I find something that I find fun, I'll tweet it out and hope other people find it fun as well. I love that. That's awesome. Thanks for giving us a little idea of it because not many people know, but it's crazy to hear how you juggle watching so many games at the same. You must be an amazing, like, I don't even know. You can't even call it a double tasker, depending on how many games it is. But like you're just doing it all. But speaking of doing all the work during the games, you played such a special role in the first ever all female broadcast in July of 2021. And I just had Melanie on last week, one of your other, you know, co-hosts there and hearing her experience. But for you, like, what was it like getting to be a part of this, but also like what do you feel the impact of it was like as, you know, more women strive to have a career in, in baseball? I mean, I think the most important thing is that we were the first to do that all together, but we won't be the last. And I think even later in that same season, Melanie did a broadcast with Jess Mendoza on ESPN. And I know um, the Rockies and the... Rockies and someone did a spring training broadcast this year, uh, which was all, oh, the Rockies and Mariners, that's what it was. So just knowing that, yes, we were the first, and that is very important, but the reason first is important is because it opens the door and hopefully opens the floodgates. And what I would love to see is where this gets to a point where there isn't even a press release when something like this happens, when this is just normal. I mean, you mentioned Melanie. Melanie is outstanding at her job, not as a female play-by-play broadcaster, but as a play-by-play broadcaster. So Mm -hmm. I am so honored to have been part of the first time this happened. And I mean, I can't even imagine the idea that people will always associate me with that but what really matters to me is that it happens again and again and just becomes normal well i appreciate at least speaking for me having the opportunity to watch you guys be the first to do it but as you talked about not being the last as well continuing to sort of set the foundation for you to build upon so i really enjoyed you hearing your perspective on that aspect of it because you guys aren't just a female, you know, broadcaster or statistician, like your goal is to be the best that you can be regardless of your gender and those different things. So now I want to talk a little bit more about you as well. So you've, you know, been a very positive and inspirational light for so many, including myself. Um, And then especially, you know, since last October, when you announced your ALS diagnosis, like, how how do you stay so optimistic through this and how do you sort of hope to bring more awareness and just thank you for being a great light in that aspect. Thank you. Um, the optimism, I mean, 
I'm just here watching baseball and so grateful to be able to do all of these things. So, uh, you know, I just don't see any point in being upset or feeling sorry for myself or any of that. I know some people react to adversity that way and I have no um, problem with that. That's how some people are, but that's never been how I am. You know, my first reaction when I received the diagnosis was to really rally myself and say, I'm going to keep doing what I love doing for as long as I possibly can. And I'm so grateful to be able to, I'm so grateful to MLB.com and MLB Network and ESPN for making it possible for me to do so, to do the things I was doing previously and, um, you know, from home were necessary and all of that. And, um, you know, I, uh, to the point of awareness, I think a lot of people associate ALS with Lou Gehrig, mm-hmm. uh, who obviously was the most prominent person to have this. You know, people think of Stephen Hawking. And I want to make sure that people understand that this can happen to anybody. It doesn't have to be a man who is, I mean, Lou Gehrig was actually pretty young as diagnoses go, but most people think of a man who's like 55 plus. And I want to be sure people understand that this can happen to anyone and that it isn't a rare disease. You know, people often classify it that way, but I can certainly tell you, since I have shared this diagnosis, I have heard from so many people who say, oh, my uncle, my aunt, my best friend's father, or so-and-so. There are so many people who have been affected, and we don't have that much by way of medication There's a lot of promising research going on, but making sure that we can get funding to that research. Well, thank you for bringing up the importance of ALS, but also thank you for being a prime example of how to use something that most people might use as a negative and turn it into a positive to continue to do the great work that you do in your career. And I know one of those highlights had to have been the World Baseball Classic last month, which we saw each other at. I could not imagine a better baseball thing to start off 2023. I mean, it was amazing for sure. What was that experience like for you getting to cover the world's best on that stage, but also seeing all the country's fans and stuff rally around those teams? Oh my goodness. I mean, as you said, it was so, so amazing. And I was lucky enough to be in Arizona for that pool. So I saw Mexico and the U.S. advance out of there. I got to see Team Canada, Team Great Britain, Team uh, Columbia. And uh, then I got to go to Miami and cover the next round. Obviously, I mean, the Shohei Otani, I tried to end it. Felt like it was scripted. It was so good. I mean, that was incredible. But as you said, it's really fun to see fans rally around the countries and see baseball fandom in a different way. 
the crowds were all so rowdy and really, <laughs> yes. really fun. And I mean, I, I said this to a couple of people, but when we were in Arizona during pool play. Mm-hmm. All of those everywhere were day-night doubleheaders. So the first game was at noon local. And those were often not as highly attended. Mm-hmm. But it was amazing to see a crowd of like 11,000 be almost as loud as the forty or 50,000 people later in the day. So I just loved all of the energy. Yes, it was awesome for sure. It's going to be exciting to see it come back soon too, 2026. So not not too long off of that. But speaking of the baseball is the best shirts. Uh, I know I have to bring it up because I love the shirt myself, obviously wearing it. <laughs> so many people I've seen in the baseball world, outside the baseball world, sporting it. And so many people have rallied around you. You, you earned the Casey Stangle Award a few months ago at the BBWAA dinner. Congratulations. But what does it mean to have the support of all these people and also have so many people wearing these shirts of your iconic phrase? I mean, it's completely overwhelming. I really haven't truly processed it. I've spoken to so many people who reached out to me back in October and basically had to apologize saying, I'm so sorry it took me so long to get back to you. But I've just been overwhelmed, but as I say, overwhelmed in the best way with love. It's just impossible for me to process. And I don't think I ever really will. I have loved baseball my entire life, but the idea that other people I mean, even getting beginning of it, I still haven't processed the fact that these people know who I am. Well, more people but, uh, should know who you are. You're so amazing with all your work. Thank you. Thank you. But yeah, it's been absolutely amazing. And uh, I really, really appreciate it. And the one thing that I really want to make sure I'm able to do is bring that awareness we discuss and also money to research. And so I really appreciate everyone who has bought a shirt or donated when Mandy ran her uh, half marathon back in January. And hopefully this makes a huge impact. Awesome. Well, I love that. And the four forward phrase so impactful so awesome you put it so plain and simple baseball is the best but it's so relatable so it's awesome (laughs) but speaking of the 2023 season since you you know about so many teams I have to ask you at least one question about this season but who do you think a, a team is from the AL or NL that might have a chance to make a deep playoff run who didn't make the playoffs last year what are your thoughts? Oh, who didn't make it? Let's see. Well, I mean, maybe the Texas Rangers, if their pitching stays healthy. I love the acquisition of Jacob DeGrom, who has looked pretty good so far, minus opening day. Mm-hmm. And they have a Hall of Fame manager and Bruce Bochy. And that really counts for a lot. Obviously, Corey Seager got hurt uh, earlier this week. 
which makes it a bit tougher for them. But they do have a good offense even beyond him with Marcus Semien, Nathaniel Lowe, and so on and so forth. So if I'm picking a team that did not make it, maybe I'll go with uh, Boach's Rangers. Well, that's a good one. It's a fun team to watch for sure. So that's going to be exciting one to watch the next few months to see how far they get. All right. Well, awesome. Well, Sarah, what I always do to finish off the podcast with my guests is what I call my favorite five questions. So first off, what is one piece of advice you would give to the next generation? To just keep trying and keep going after whatever it is you want. Don't let anybody tell you you can't or you don't fit the bill or whatever it may be. If you want to do something, you absolutely can. And so just keep trying and keep persevering. That's great advice. <laughs> awesome. All right. Give a shout out to someone who's made an impact on your life. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I have a very, very long list, but I will go with someone we both know, Buster Olney, mm-hmm. who was the first person to put me on air in a way by inviting me on to his podcast. Uh, how many years ago now? I don't even know, maybe seven. He emailed me one day when we were, but when I was the ESPN as a researcher and said, hey, would you like to come on the podcast, present a few numbers? We could call it the numbers game. And so many people recognize me or know me from that podcast Mm. and that was really the first time I got to show that I couldn't I could talk about baseball as well as I could write about it or research it so I will go with Buster who's been an amazing uh, champion and supporter throughout the years for me that's a great choice definitely can agree on that he's been so kind and helpful to me as well so all right the next one is if you could plan your ideal day and had an off day how would you want to spend it oh my gosh well i uh i don't have off days during baseball i imagine no (laughs) but i will still take um a baseball day I'm just saying, you know, watching some day games and then maybe going to a game in the evening in the press box, keeping track of everything and getting to be at a ballpark. Anytime I'm at a ballpark, that's an ideal day for me. (laughs) Hey, I couldn't agree more. That sounds like a pretty fun day. Baseball, right? (laughs) For sure. All right. What sport would you cover if you didn't cover baseball? Oh, wow. Well... I really do like all other sports. I think if I were to pick one, it might be hockey. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy how um, frenetic it is. Obviously, hockey games are incredible in person. And uh, hockey was actually probably the last sport that I really got into growing up. But I really enjoy it. So maybe hockey. Nice. I like that. <laughs> All right, last but certainly not least, if you had a superpower that could make the world better, what would you want it to be and why? Oh my gosh. I mean, can I take, I don't know what the uh, definition of a superpower is, but one thing I've been talking about a lot lately 
is making sure that people really express their appreciation for others. So if my superpower could be like extreme thank yous and making sure that everybody expresses them to others, I would go with that. Ooh, that's a really good one. I would use that one for sure too. <laughs> Love that. All right. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing about your journey, about all your baseball knowledge and so much more. And I can't wait to continue to listen to you on all the different, you know, channels, podcasts, and thank you for all the great work that you have done and are continuing to do in the sport of baseball. Thank you so much for having me. And I can't wait to see where you end up in your continued rise. And you already have ways to contact me, but anything you ever need, if I can ever help you, please let me know. Well, thank you.